0: Living on money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, living on.
1: coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom
2: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Give us a call right now. The number is one 888 Pit 888-666-3974. We are here to help you with your do-it-yourself dilemmas. Get those projects done. Again, the number is one 888 Pit. Hey, if getting organized was one of your New Year's resolutions, but it took you the entire month so far to take down those holiday lights and decorations, it might not be working out <laughs> that well for you. Uh, but it couldn't it may not be your fault it could be your storage system so this hour we've got some tips on how to keep all your stored items dry, safe and easily accessible all year round.
2: Mhm. And you know they say good fences make good neighbors, but if you don't like the look of a fence, we're going to share with you an option that will give you security without being too obvious.
1: And also ahead we've got tips to help you soundproof rooms in your home. It's a question that keeps coming up more often on the show and there's some things that you can do to make your home office quieter or just keep the kids playroom noise to a minimum. We're going to learn more about that later this hour.
2: Plus, we're giving away a copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure to one lucky caller who gets on the air with us this hour.
1: So give us a call right now. The number is one 888 Pit. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Paul in New York needs some help
2: finishing a basement floor. Tell us about the project.
1: I'm
0: finishing my basement uh, and I wanted to know if I should stain my concrete floor first and then polish or polish and then stain.
2: I feel like if you polish it, you're going to be putting a sort of resistance zone if you will between the floor itself which is very porous and the stain that you want to apply that you want to be absorbed into the concrete rather than just sit on top otherwise it's going to flake off now there's several different things you can do there are epoxy coatings which are like a paint that would go on a concrete but you know sort of a curing system that will be very very durable but more like a solid color then there's acid staining Quickcrete makes one that's interior or exterior. It comes in four different colors, which is a very easy process to follow. If you do some research online, you can find different acid staining kits that, you know, depending on how you mix it and what additives you put in, you can get a variety of colors and you can apply it in a whole host of ways to make something that looks like marbling, full patterns. I mean, there are a lot of options out there, but once you get what you want it to look like, then I would seal it and polish it and get it finished.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Good luck. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
2: Debbie in Indiana is having some issues with paint and siding. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Hi.
0: We have an older two-story home. It was built, I think, like in 1918. And there is siding on it, aluminum siding. But anytime it rains on the south side of our house, we the paint is peeling off
1: over the only the south side of the aluminum siding? Yes. All right, so here's why that's happening. On the south side of your house, you have the most sun. More sun, more deterioration, more UV radiation, quicker deterioration of the paint surface. Apparently, it's gotten bad enough where the paint now is delaminated from the siding itself. This condition will continue to get worse over the next several years as the paint gets equally uh, worn out, on the other side. Now, the good news is that you can repaint aluminum siding, mm-hmm. but okay. you do have to strip the old the stuff off first because you got to have a good, you know, base to adhere to. And the single best way to paint an aluminum siding is not with a brush, not with a roller, with but a sprayer. With a sprayer, you want to go out and okay. rent a sprayer. You know, it, it, and it's you, really
2: when, fun, Debbie.
1: It's fun, but when you <laughs> when you use the sprayer, you got to do uh, spend a lot of time on the prep. So okay. don't forget to mask how do you, everything. How do you including, take the paint off then? Well, you're going to you're going to want to probably abrade that off. You're probably going to want to sand it, wire brush it to get okay. all the loose stuff off. You can leave some of it on if it's well adhered, but okay. if it's loose, that's what you got to get off. But remember, okay. you got to mask everything down, including the car and your kids, all right? Cuz <laughs> <It's> otherwise, <laughs> they're going to get covered when you when you whip out that sprayer.
2: And get yourself one of those little <laughs> paint right. suits. Like get that little white zip-up suit thing at the home center. You'll be really happy you did.
1: Right, okay, and and, and hang on, hang on a little sign that you're a painter, and you'll get some work from your neighbors.
2: <laughs> okay, thank you so All much. All right,
1: Debbie, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit 3974
2: Kenny in South Carolina's got a leaky roof. What can we do for you?
1: Uh, I've got a problem
0: with um, the twirly bird fans uh, that sit on top of the roof.
1: The twirly bird fans,
0: and they seem to be leaking. When either one of two things, either we have no wind whatsoever, but just almost never, okay. or, or when we have a really, really, really hard rain.
1: Okay. Is it your sense that the rain is blowing through the fan, or is it a leak where the fan attaches to the roof?
0: It's blowing through the fan.
1: Through the fan. Okay. Well, first of all, those spinny fan types of vent devices don't really work that well. As a, as, a, as a venting strategy, you're almost better off not having them and wow. instead, instead having something called a, a ridge and soffit vent system where the, the peak of the roof essentially becomes the vent. Right. Uh, those vents are just not that efficient at really doing what they're supposed to do, which is to carry heat out of the roof in the summer and uh, moisture out of the roof in the winter. Right.
2: And won't those, those turbine vents not even work unless you have a soffit vent as well?
1: Right, because they have to pull air from somewhere, and you know, they're, otherwise they're just going to exhaust in between themselves, so to speak, from one to the next. So, if they're giving you a hard time, I would suggest that you think about replacing them, and go with either a plain square roof vent, or better yet, with a ridge vent.
0: Thanks, Tom.
1: Thanks, Leslie. I really appreciate this. You, you're very, very welcome. Kenny. Our Thanks pleasure. so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
2: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are always puttering around our Money Pit, so (laughs) (laughs) we know you are too. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
1: 888-666-3974. Up next, basement storage smarts to keep your belongings safe and dry. We'll tell you how to do just that after this. You're in a Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. We are here to help you with any home improvement project that's on your to-do list. And we've got a great prize to help you do that even when we're not around. It's sort of like the portable Tom and Leslie. It's Indeed. a copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. We're going to go out to one caller.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what? It's packed with the same kind of great advice that we give you on the radio each week. And we know that you're going to just you know, leaf through it again and again, search the projects you're working on, get all the information you need. It's full of great advice, and it could be yours if you are our lucky caller this hour. So give us a call at one Money moneypit for your chance to win.
1: 888 3974 And right from page 78 of our book, Some Basement Storage Smarts, you might just have to put away all of your holiday stuff down there. And if you've noticed that it could use a little bit of sprucing up, here's some tips to help you do that. Uh, Make sure that you first mine the moisture areas of the basement. You want to make sure wherever you store is as dry as possible. You want to use galvanized metal or the fabricated plastic shelving because both resist wear and moisture. And make sure the lowest shelf is at least six inches off the ground. Always think up and use as much available space as you can towards the ceiling. And store items in well-labeled clear plastic bins. And if you're dealing with limited storage space, rotate the items so that the next season's decorations are always at the ready at the front of the shelf when it's time to unpack them. We do just that, except we don't do it in the basement. We do it in the attic.
2: Mm, our attic is a little tricky now that we've got the fun central air, but I do have the tiniest little closet in the basement that is my holiday decor zone. And, and you do need that.
1: every square inch. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Who's next?
2: James in Texas is dealing with an odor from a heat pump. Tell us about the problem.
0: Well, it's just that uh, occasionally there's a uh, bad odor that comes out of the heating vent. Mm-hmm. And I've been told that it's called the wet sock syndrome.
1: <laughs> or yeah. sock syndrome. It's called the wet sock or the dirty sock syndrome. More accurately, it's Gross. musty. It's like a, must, it's a musty coil syndrome. What happens is the coil, which is the evaporator coil that's on top of the furnace, uh, gets covered with a fungus. And that fungus is what has the awful odor. So what has to happen here is it has to be cleaned. And so you're going to have to have a heating pro come in and probably do this. It's a little bit difficult to do it yourself, but it has to be cleaned. It it, it needs to be sprayed down with a mildew or perhaps even bleach would work. And that'll kill the fungus. uh, And then it should be cleaned so that if there's any, there's actually like a brush that can go in there and clean this out so that you get rid of any fungus parts that are sort of left behind. And that should make the place smell a whole heck of a lot better, James. Okay. It's a growth. It's a very moist, damp area, so it's a common place for it to grow.
0: Yeah, they said uh, otherwise you have to replace the coil. like
1: No, nah, I, I don't think you have to replace it, James. I think this little housekeeping here will do the trick. All righty. You know who might be able to do this for you? A duck cleaning company, come to think of it. They may be able to do it as well because they have the equipment to really get in there. But it does have to be treated with a mildew side. I just want to caution you about that.
0: Okay. Thank you. You're
1: welcome, James. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
2: Pit. right. Now we're going to head over to Michigan and chat with Mary. What can we do for you today? Yes. Um, we recently
0: updated our kitchen, and we put in the high-definition laminate, and I put in stone backsplash. Okay. I'd like the uh, backslash to have a little more shine to it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can put on
1: it? You could use a stone sealer for that. Do you have any kind of a finish on the stone at all right now?
0: Yes, it's all been uh, sealed with a sealer
1: It has been sealed but you because yes. the because you have high def laminate you now basically have a, a fairly rich looking uh, countertop surface but the natural actually actually the laminate looks <laughs> it better dulls than the natural stone. <laughs> exactly right. Mary, the uh, sealer that was put on the first time—did you guys put that on, or did you have somebody else do that?
0: I had it installed, so they did that.
1: Okay. Can you find out what manufacturer they used? And here's why: sealers are inv- are are available in different finishes, and for the most part, people are going to apply a semi-gloss or even sealer, a satin, or even a satin one, because they don't want to have a lot of a lot of shine. In your situation, you want to have a lot of shine. You want a high gloss. Now, there are plenty of good quality high gloss sealers on the market. I know DuPont makes a good one called Stonetech. The problem is that they don't recommend that you put it over an, another product. So the fact that you have a sealer on there makes it difficult for you to put another manufacturer's product over it, certainly without voiding their warranty. So that, that's why I suggest if you go back to the original installers and find out what manufacturer's product that they used, that that manufacturer will probably have a product that's, av- that's available in high gloss, which can go on top of the semi-gloss or the satin finish that you have on right now. Does that make sense?
0: That makes sense. I
1: and thank I think you very much,
0: and I will do that.
1: You're welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit and enjoy that new kitchen countertop.
2: Chris needs some help with weatherproofing. What can we do for you?
1: I just
0: uh, recently uh, had my attic uh, have a radiant spray-on barrier put in in the attic, and right. also had a ridge line vent put in okay. to improve the energy efficiency of the home. Uh, now I've recently heard that uh, you can get this Isoline uh, foam spray uh, for your attic of which then makes it uh, airtight up there. And that approach would be they would want to do away with any uh, attic vents, make it super airtight and to prevent yeah. the hot air coming in and improve energy efficiency. Are you familiar with that type of an approach for attic insulation?
1: Yeah, you're talking about isonine It's an excellent product. Um, it's an expandable foam
2: and it man, is, does
1: it expand. Yeah, it expands like crazy. And not only is it insulation, it's an air barrier as well. The ventilation that's up there now is not going to hurt or help if you use an isonine type of insulation. You basically would have to remove all the existing fiberglass, and then it's sprayed across the ceiling and completely insulates and seals that ceiling from the rest of the house, which cuts back on on drafts and that sort of thing. So you wouldn't have to be concerned about the the ridge vent that you put in there if you want to go that route. Uh, You didn't mention what kind of insulation you have right now. What what are we looking at there?
0: Just a typical uh, uh, spray-in, I guess. Blown-in? Yeah, blown-in, yeah. How
1: many inches of it?
0: Oh, I'm up to about 24 inches.
1: Well, it sounds like it's a pretty well-insulated space. You've got 24 inches of insulation, it's well-ventilated, and you've got a radiant barrier. You know, I think you're doing a great job there, Chris.
0: Okay. All right. Well, very good.
1: Chris, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Jennifer, in Utah, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I have oil based paint in my entire kitchen. Okay. And I hate the color. I just barely moved in. I hate the color. Mm-hmm. I don't like the shine. It's like mm-hmm. fully glaring in my kitchen. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> but it's I probably don't... easy to clean. <laughs>
2: It is easy to clean, but I don't um, I don't want to sand the whole thing. I've heard you have to sand it to paint over oil base. Is that true?
1: Well, you have to certainly clean it. You want to get any any uh, type of debris that's on that surface off. It is a good idea to go lightly over it with sandpaper. But what I would do is as the most important step, Jennifer, is I would apply an oil-based primer on top of that. Applying an oil-based primer is going to give you maximum adhesion to whatever is underneath it. And that's very, very critical. Once you have the oil-based primer over the old surface, then you can put latex paint right over that, any color that you wish, and you know it's going to seal well, it's going to stick well, and it's going to flow nicely, and it'll be great.
0: Nice.
2: Okay.
1: All right, so you don't have to take it all off. You just have to rough it up a little bit, abrade braid it, make sure it's nice and clean go on top of it with the oil-based primer, and then you can go use latex paint after Mm -hmm. that.
2: And for the kitchen, you want to make sure that you do go with some sort of a sheen, just because if you go with a matte finish, everything is going to stick to to it. It's going to be hard to clean. Even if you want to go for something that's not very shiny, make sure you choose something that's scrubbable, something that's made for the kitchen area, you know, good to stand up to the moisture and just the grease that ends up all throughout the space. Uh Okay, well, thank you. Horace in Texas needs some help with a countertop. What can we do for you?
0: Well, I have a a bubble in that countertop. I don't know what caused it. It's about the size of what would be a silver dollar. Okay. Anything I can do without having to replace the whole thing. Mm
2: -hmm. And this is a laminate countertop? Yes,
0: it is.
1: And where's the bubble located? Is it in sort of the middle of the surface?
0: uh, It's just about an inch from, uh, or two inches from the edge.
1: Okay. Okay. you can pick up a solvent for contact cement okay, and very carefully sort of work it into the edge because what you want to do is get it to the point where you can actually peel off the laminate back those two or three inches. Okay. Uh, and, and then after it's all sort of peeled back, stick something in there to hold it up, let it dry really well. And then reapply new contact cement to that, Horace. Make sure you put it to the bottom and the top. Use the the solvent-based contact cement. Don't use the latex base. And then very carefully sort of roll that top back down. Get good pressure on it. You know, if you were doing uh, laminate work uh, professionally, you'd have something that looks like a rolling pin. Mm -hmm. that actually rolls it across and really presses it it down. smooths out all those bubbles. You don't have one of those. You can use a regular rolling pin. You just put a towel down first and get it real good and flat. But remember, when you put that solvent against that contact cement, it will separate. And so whatever you separate, if you're a little sloppy, get some on the edge, whatever, you're going to have to re-glue that. But use good quality contact cement. You can put that back down together and it won't come up again. Sure.
0: Okay. Very good, Dan.
1: All right, Horace, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
2: You are tuned to The Money Pit on air and online at moneypit.com. You know, are household noises distracting you from trying to get your work done in your home office? Or maybe the kid's playroom is the noisiest room in the house, and then that sort of filters into every other part of your home? Well, up next, we're going to share with you some great advice on how you can soundproof some of the noisiest rooms in your home.
1: home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And one solution that you may like to have for your house is how do I quiet down those noisy rooms? And we've all got them, whether it's a playroom Whether it's the living room, the bedroom, the dining room, whatever room in your house is bugging you because it's way too noisy, well, there are some things that you can do about it. First, realize this. When a house is built, it's really not built to be noise-proof because everything is solidly connected together. The drywall is connected solidly to the studs. So there's really no give and take. There's no way for the sound to be absorbed. But if you want to try to take a room and quiet it down, an easy way to do that is to add a second layer of drywall on top of the original layer. Now, why does that help? Well, it's a lot heavier and it's a lot denser. And there's one key component that you must use that's called green glue. It's an acoustical sealant. It goes in between the two layers of drywall and it creates sort of a, a isolation between those two boards and helps absorb the sound. So that's an easy way to take any room and quiet it down.
2: Mm-hmm. But now that you've sort of quieted that one room by adding this extra layer of drywall with the green glue, now you're dealing with, say, a door that separates your home office from your kid's playroom. And, you know, generally when you do doors on the interior of your home, there are those hollow core doors, which are going to be noisy as all heck. So what you want to do is replace that hollow door and go with either a solid wood door or an exterior door, because they're going to be much heavier, much denser. They'll help stop that noise. And then what you can also do is one extra layer layer you know imagine noise as like an energy leak if you will and then use weather stripping or gaskets all around the edges and a sweep at the bottom to sort of give you that little extra oomph to stop that sound from coming and going between rooms and if you add some textured materials you know maybe a texture on the wall a texture on the ceiling lots of fabric lots of rough materials because smooth materials bounce that sound back and forth you'll really help to quiet down your space.
1: If you want more tips, you can head on over to Green Glue's website at greengluecompany.com. 888 666 3974. Let's get back to those phones.
2: Mark in South Carolina needs some help revamping some concrete steps. How can we help you today?
0: Listen, my house is about 90 years old, and I have a three step rise to my front porch, and the concrete is original as far as I can tell. About four years ago, they started to look a little cheesy, so I put a skim coat over them. Now that has started to crack off and my wife and I have talked about it and we thought about putting brick pavers on the steps and I need to know what I need to do to prepare the concrete uh, to take them and what I need to do to put them down, make them stick and, and make them stay.
1: Well, first of all, if you add brick pavers to the steps, you're going to pick it up by about two inches. Isn't that going to result in a very uneven step at the top and the bottom?
0: No, actually, I will, what I'm going to do is take out the whole front walk and have it re-poured at the bottom. It will it will increase the top uh, step just a little bit, but I can take off a little bit of the top step to accommodate that.
1: Right. Okay, well, you're going to probably have to break off some of the concrete um, that's at the top surface of the step. Now, you said pavers, but realistically you may want to just use regular brick with mortar to hold them in place because pavers are put in without any mortar. And okay. because you're putting them on a on a on a step, you're probably gonna to wanna to use regular brick. And you're gonna rough up the step and then you're gonna basically Add another layer of brick on top of that. I would have to
0: take off a great amount of those steps to actually. Well, you're going to have to the, the score it up, rough
1: it up, in order to be able to get you good to get good adhesion. Yeah. Um, there may be like an epoxy additive that you could put into the mortar mix that will give you a little more of a sticky solution but you're probably gonna wanna put in regular brick there and then you're gonna wanna basically mortar in between the joints, because I think that's gonna stay together better. If you put in pavers, remember a paver is exactly twice as long as it is wide. A regular brick is not because it's a little narrower because it leaves space for the mortar joint, uh, Mark. And so that's probably what you're gonna wanna do.
0: Okay. Well, I certainly do appreciate the advice. We're still looking at uh, what we need to do for the aesthetics. Of it, and that's it's not a necessary project, it's just aesthetics.
1: Well, brick is certainly very beautiful, and I think you'll enjoy it for a long, long time.
0: All right, sir. Well, thank
1: you very much. I appreciate the advice. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: You are tuned to the Money Pit. Up next, you know, they say good fences make good neighbors. Well, that's only true if your fence actually looks good. When we <laughs> come back, we're going to tell you how to make a good looking fence that you and the neighbors will love.
0: You're in a money pit. Pawnee is brought to you by Bondera Tile Mat Set, the fast, easy way to add the style and value of tile to your home. For more information, visit
2: bonderatilematset.com.
1: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Got a do-it-yourself dilemma, a home improvement how-to. Just give us a call at one 888 Pit right now. And if we take your question on the air, you're going to get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance at winning our book, My Home, My Money Pit. Your guide to every home improvement adventure is packed full of useful info to help you save money and get your project done right the first time. The number is one 888 Pit.
2: Well, give us a call. If you want the protection of a fence, but you don't really like the look of a fence, well, get this. Black fences, they are back and they are a great solution. Now, a black fence, they're usually made from wrought iron or aluminum. And in fact, black metal fences offer near invisible security. They're less obvious than white metal or even those PVC fences, as well as wood fences, which can deteriorate over time. Now, you can continue the illusion by adding a row of greens or bushes right in front of the fence. And you've heard us say that an attractive exterior adds tons of value to your home. So if a fence is what you're looking for, a black metal one might be the perfect option because they're very eye appealing and with the right landscaping, it can really look charming.
1: And we know it's midwinter now, but if you're thinking about putting in a pool when it gets warmer for next summer black fencing is perfect because it, it it really is somewhat invisible and it really shines the landscape and the water and everything that's behind it. So remember the little trick of the trade. It makes a big difference. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Who's next?
2: Marion, North Carolina is not having a strong enough shower and that will just not do. How can we help you? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, like you said, our problem is the the shower in the master
0: bathroom uh, doesn't have enough pressure.
1: Mary, has it always been that way or does it seem to have gotten worse?
0: Uh, no, it's always been that way.
1: Here's what I want you to try to do. I want you to take off the shower head you have right now and then turn the water on full blast. See what kind of water flies out of that pipe that where you pull the shower head off. Uh-huh. If you've got good flow, then your problem is not the plumbing. And the problem is the shower head. That being said, now it's time to look for a new shower head. I think you ought to take a look at the showerheads that are offered by the major manufacturers like Moen has some really good heads where you get a really good, comfortable shower without sacrificing a lot of extra water. In fact, they've got one called Enliven, E-N-L-I-V-E-N, that we put up in our house. Uh-huh. That was about like, I think it was like 25 bucks in Target. And it did really, really well. It's got like a spiral shower sort of pattern to it. Okay. And, uh, you know, did a good job, didn't use a lot of water, and, uh, you know, actually got us super clean and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it wakes you up in the morning.
2: And, you know, with this whole water sense rating, that's, you know, its main concern is water usage. What they've done is there's sort of a new aeration technology that adds more air to the water as it's coming out. So even though it's using less water, it feels highly pressurized. So you don't realize that there's less water coming out. Hence, you're saving the environment, but you're still getting a good wash.
0: Well, that sounds great. So you don't think it would be a, a more major problem like a leak or anything
1: Not like at that? all. Not at all. And I think we're gonna prove, you're going to prove that to yourself, Mary, when you take the shower head off uh-huh. and turn on the shower and watch how much water comes out of that pipe. I think you'll be amazed.
2: Okay. Well, thank you so much.
1: All right, Mary. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
2: John in New York is working on a decking project. How can we help you?
0: I am currently. I have my deck uh, framed out, and I'm ready to put the finished product on top. Okay. I live on Long Island, and weather being being a factor, I'd like to know what is the best um, decking that I should go with. I'm, I'm pondering a composite deck, TimberTech. Uh, either a treated wood or like a mahogany type of wood. My my wife and I like the natural wood look, but we don't want to go too crazy with the maintenance on it.
1: Well, certainly if you choose a natural product, you are going to have to maintain it, perhaps not every season. But every definitely, other season. Definitely every other season. But coincidentally, Leslie also lives on Long mm, Island. I and, do. Uh, and you actually put in a new composite deck. You put in the Fiberon product. How's it working we out did, for you? We did, John.
2: My family has a house out on the east end of the island, on the North Fork. So it gets a lot of snow and rain and, you know, moisture and salt water in the air. And, you know, we're dealing with, you know, a, a climate that sort of changes se- seasonally, you know, one extreme to the other. And um, we had had a, you know, pressure-treated lumber decking surface there for 20 years. Every other year, it was my job to strip it, sand it down, re- restain it, you know, do all of that maintenance. Well, when time came to spruce it up, we went with a composite and we chose Fiberon. And the reason I went with Fiberon is because we also love the look of mahogany. And they had a composite that looks beautifully like mahogany. There's a wonderful green built into it. So it has that richness and the texture that the natural mahogany would have. Um and it doesn't need any maintenance except the occasional just light cleaning to get any sort of moisture buildup or dirt that might be on there from, you know, a season's worth of falling leaves and just walking across it. It looks fantastic. We've had it one season. It looks exactly the same as it went down. There's never going to be any warping or twisting. So it really is a beautiful product that's worth the expense because it will save you the chore of, you know, taking care of it and all of that work that you would need to do annually or every other year to make sure that that would deck stays in excellent condition. And it really will last and last, you know, given the climate that we face on the island.
1: Yeah, the website is FiberonDecking.com. That's Fiberon, F-I-B-E-R-O-N Decking.com. Check it out.
0: Okay. I uh, I appreciate your help very much. Uh, you've been very informative. Thank
1: you. You're welcome, John. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Heading over to Washington to help Vicki deal with a countertop situation. Tell us what's going on. I had
0: countertops installed. They're 12 by 12 tiles that are 3-8 inch thick, and when they finished them, they put some sealer on that didn't seem to work at all, and now I can't even get a drop of water on it because it's so porous. I would like to know what product to use to strip it, if that's necessary, and what is the best product to seal it. It's surrounded by a uh, wood trim. So I wouldn't want to damage that.
2: Have you tried to deal with the installer and get them to do the whole project again? Yes, I have. But since they already had their money, they were not very less good. than happy to help you.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So you're kind of back to doing this yourself. Um, there's going to be a couple of things you have to do. First of all, uh, and so far as that wood trim is concerned, you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to preserve that. It might be easier to mask it off or to remove it and replace it after this process. Okay. What you're going to need to do is to strip off as much of the old sealer as you can using a stripper designed for that purpose, and then you're going to want to reseal it. Um, DuPont has a line of, of products called Stone Tech that are professional sealers for, for stone surfaces. They come in different glosses, uh, and you're going to have to get the old stuff off first, and once you do, you can apply this new sealer, and you're going to need multiple coats in order to get it to the point where it's not going to be so porous anymore and make it easy for you to maintain it. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, avoiding cold tootsies. Yes, we're talking about (laughs) warming up the floor in your house. I'm sure we've all had those floors in the house that are just really, really cold all the time, especially first thing in the morning, like when you head down to the kitchen. Ever wonder what the easy way is to warm that space up? We're going to tell you next. Money Pit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, you've heard us talk about it before, and the latest cost versus value report confirms what we have been saying for years, that curb appeal is king. It is one of the least expensive home improvements with the hugest payoff. All you need to do is visit MoneyPit.com and click on Home Spaces, then Exteriors, and right now you will find some great ideas that will help you increase your home's curb appeal so you can see some big bucks on your sales return.
1: And while you're there, click on Ask Tom and Leslie and send us your email just like Jim did from South Carolina.
2: All right, Jim writes, we have a 40-year-old house with the heating unit in the attic. The unheated basement is not insulated and the floors remain cold during the winter. I want to put insulation in the basement, ceiling, floor joists and then a suspended ceiling. Should I use unbacked insulation and would you foresee any problem with this type of insulation project?
1: Um, no, not necessarily. I'm assuming that the basement is unheated, but even if it is, it's not a problem to do this. What you want to do to warm a chilly floor is to add unfaced insulation. Not uh, any type of faced insulation is a bad thing because it's going to trap moisture, but unfaced is the way to go. And there are ins- insulation wires that uh, get inserted between the floor joists. They're cut to be just a little bit longer than the floor joists are wide. You can install them there, they'll hold the insulation up and in place, and it'll make a huge difference, especially on those those chilly, chilly mornings when you come down and stand on that floor to, war- to warm it right up.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. We've got one here from Bonnie who writes, my husband and I work opposite shifts. Is it worth us for us to keep readjusting the thermostat, or does the fluctuation use more energy?
1: Bonnie, we have the technology, I'm happy to report. <laughs> it's called a clock setback thermostat. A lot of people get confused by how to use these. But they really are pretty easy. What you want to do is write down your work schedule and figure out those periods of times when either you or your husband are in the house or not in the house, and also those periods of time where you're asleep. And then set the clock setback thermostat to do all that movement for you. It can do it more evenly, more consistently. It's going to save you money in the long run. Won't save you as much if you're both on the same 9-to-5 schedule, but still well worth doing just buy the right clock set thermostat to make that happen. Some of the cheap ones may only have a couple of setbacks. You want four or five different setback points or better yet, buy a digital one that will do this all for you. Once you set it, you can literally forget it and you'll be saving lots of energy in the long run.
2: Mm-hmm. And if the instructions seem too complicated, I'm sure if you found a 10-year-old, they would perfectly be easy to figure it out for you. It always seems that the youngest kids know how to handle all this technical stuff. I feel like I'm turning into a senior citizen by the day. All right. I hope that helps, Bonnie.
1: Well, they are plentiful, pretty, and free. Leslie's got the lowdown on where to find some natural fire starters for your fireplace in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy those fire starters. They're expensive. They work great. But you don't have to buy them. Now, if you've got a pine tree in your yard dried out pine cones. They make a great natural fire starter for your fireplace or even your wood stove. Now, if you're feeling really creative, you can also dip them in some wax. All you need to do is melt up some of your old candle stubs that smell really fantastic in a double pan boiler. You know, you've got boiling water in one and then another pot sitting inside of that one to melt your wax down. Then dip those pine cones in it and you can put those right in the fireplace because they're a great way to add some nice, wonderful scent to the space and get your fire going and really it's wonderful to add the extra layer of ambiance and romance if you will to your lovely fireplace enjoyment so think creatively start your fires without spending a ton of money and enjoy the relaxation
1: And fires go along very nicely with hardwood floors. You like that segue? So, next week on the program, we're going to have some tips on dealing with those squeaky hardwood floors. If uh, you like to leave the squeaks so you know when your teenagers come home at night, that's fine. But for those of us that find them annoying, we're going to have the solutions on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone.
0: Hey!